Hey, it's Tim Benz of Breakfast with Benz at Trib Live and the Pittsburgh Steelers Football Network. Be sure to check out my podcast, the Pittsburgh CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. We dive into the betting angles for all the Pittsburgh teams. If you're from Pittsburgh or a fan of any Pittsburgh sports teams and want to become a sharper better, this is the podcast for you. So subscribe, follow, and listen to the Pittsburgh CityCast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast with Tim Benz, presented by Bet Rivers. Well, it was a bloodbath for me last week here on the Pittsburgh CityCast, brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the app today or go to betrivers.com. All of you should, after last weekend, maybe I won't. Uh, this might have to be a self inflicted bye week for me, seeing as how I felt like I was of like mind with Mike Pursuta for much of last week's conversation mike i'm imagining it was a bloodbath for you as well or did you manage to after our conversation dance through the raindrops a little bit better than i did a little bit it wasn't great uh saturday was another good day but uh, my over madness on sunday uh yeah geez chiefs cowboys didn't come close Bengals raiders didn't get there but uh i'm using that to my advantage this week because the raiders played dallas on Thanksgiving, and uh, I just got done uh, actually watching the Bengals uh, play the Raiders last Sunday, and the Raiders are really a mess right now. They stink. Um, college worked out okay. Uh, Maryland still stinks against uh, anybody that's reasonably good in the Big Ten. Uh, Notre Dame knocked the crap out of Georgia Tech. We, we said they were going to do that for Rudy, and they did. Um, the disappointment for me, well, it was twofold. I had to watch my alma mater get just – boat raced by the Ohio State University, but it got so out of hand so fast that Ohio State stopped playing too early and it didn't go over 68 and a half, even though Ohio State contributed 56 <laughs> points toward the over 68. Well, and a half. That, that was part of my kick in the teeth was I went with Michigan State. I had just convinced myself that 19 points was way too damn many. You, a Michigan it was, State grad, yeah tried to talk me out of that and I just wouldn't listen. I just wouldn't listen. Like, you know, if it's 45 to 30, you win that game. And if it's 52 to 17, you win the over. But uh, I, I, I never in a million years envisioned us getting seven. I that, never that, in a million years envisioned a team that I thought could have been in the playoff losing by 19 points to a team in its own conference of a game of that magnitude. I just, I couldn't believe what I was watching. But I'll tell you what, Tim, the Ohio State University is really good, and that leads us into this week, and that leads us into the college football playoff. I think I watched the future national champions boat race my alma mater on Saturday. Is that because you watched it through the eye, through the lens of a Michigan State fan that had been happy with his team for the better part of the first nine weeks of the season? No, I think it's uh, through the lens of a guy who watches the Big Ten all year and saw Ohio State as a really good team at the start of the year, but one with a questionable defense and a quarterback who had never taken a snap in college football. And now the quarterback looks like Joe Burrow, and the defense is starting to figure it out, and they got an NFL front. And I don't think Georgia's going to keep up with them. I respect Georgia's defense, but uh, I think this Ohio State team looks like the type of national champs we've seen recently in college, teams that can defend well enough and just score, 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 and score. They are eight-and-a-half-point favorites. It's a 20-point game. This, this, <laughs> hey, 
I'm up and down like uh, most everybody. I'm, you know, I'm not Vegas Vic here or anything. We do this for entertainment as much as we do, uh, you know, advice to people. But I tell you what I think and where I'm coming from and why. This is my bet of the year, Tim. I, I am never going to bet more money than I'm going to bet <laughs> on the Ohio State University on Saturday. And it's not because I hate Michigan. It's not because if Michigan was playing Iraq, I would root for Iraq. It's <laughs> This is a mismatch. Uh, this is a 20-point game. All right, so Ohio State minus eight over Taliban Tech. You heard it from yeah. Vegas Vic. Go with the Buckeyes. Is that pol politically incorrect to say that? Should I have made a different analogy? To me, it's, uh, political correctness has gone out the window after watching us three quarters yeah. of that. There was now, nothing full, politically dis full disclosure on this. You know how much I love my alma mater, right? Yes. I hate Michigan more than I love us. So I'm going I'm to enjoy this in addition to profiting by it. But all kidding aside, this is a mismatch. Ohio State against anybody in the Big Ten is a mismatch. They're playing great the last couple, three weeks. They've been waiting on this. Michigan ducked them last year. Oh, we got COVID. We can't play Bluto. We might lose by 45. Well, here it comes. You could you could delay the inevitable, but the inevitable is the inevitable for a reason. Oh, I O. <laughs> that is our hang college. on, Sloopy. Sloopy, <laughs> hang on. That is our college football opening appetizer. We'll get to the rest of the college football playoff later on and look at some other games on the college level in just a little bit here in the Pittsburgh City Cast, the Me Tim Benz and Mike Pursuta. But let's start, Mike, in the opening segment as we normally do with the Steelers. Uh, there's one game that got to the over quite easily, right? It is that did. one where you actually went with the over? Or did you stay with the under on that one like I did? That's another place where I lost. No, I went over, and, and, and we talked last week about how the Chargers don't beat anybody by more than a touchdown, and uh, I got it at seven and a half. So uh, that one worked out just fine. Um, but uh, kind of uh, nervous times if you're uh, a Steelers fan right now because the, the 0 one and one stretch that they're on leading into the stretch that they're about to embark upon is not promising. I don't think they're going to go 0 and 7 over their last seven games. I do think, though, the potential exists for them to be underdogs in each of their next seven games. Don't you? Well, they're underdogs this, this time around. I know that. I think um, they'll be underdogs in every game moving forward. They should be in Minnesota. They definitely will be against Kansas City. They will be in the first uh, Baltimore game. If Tennessee keeps losing. Well, I take losing, that back. No, nah, maybe not. Maybe if not. Jackson was, doesn't play. If Jackson doesn't play. Eh, even if he does, it's a pit, it's in Pittsburgh. Um, maybe. Brown's game in Pittsburgh is the only game right now, I think if you were to play it today, the Steelers would be favored. Well, and if Tennessee keeps losing to the likes of Houston. Oh, everybody, their, everybody who's a big seed in the AFC, a top-notch team in the AFC is losing to garbage teams, oftentimes yeah. from the AFC. I kind of been waiting for Tennessee to come crashing down to earth without Derrick Henry. Though. That, might, that was either an outlier or uh, the start of something that uh, is going to be bad for Tennessee. Yeah, or the wreckage is now on the ground, and we see if they can pick it up in time for the playoffs. Could be uh, the Titanic, Tim. Could be one of those mathematical deals. Five compartments compromised. Titanic will <laughs> flounder. Well, look, I mean, there are teams like the Colts. There are teams like the Patriots now who probably – were of the opinion that they were relegated to fighting for AFC wildcard scraps at yeah. best. That Not are the now, Patriots anymore. That are now looking at potentially winning the division 
you know, the Patriots right now, the bills are in seventh, right? And the Patriots are in first place in the AFC East. Yeah. Bills just nudged the Steelers out of, uh, the seven spot Patriots are scary right now. Uh, you know, I know Atlanta is not uh, all that, but if you go back to, uh, was that Monday night? Yeah. Um, you know, Atlanta's not the worst team in the NFL. No, that's Thursday night. Sorry. It's Thursday. Thursday. Night. Yeah. There aren't a lot of shutouts in this league anymore. And the way new England just dominated that game. I mean, four picks, I don't know how many sacks that was an arse kicking. And that defense is playing great and they're running the ball and they're not asking too much of their rookie quarterback. And he is more than able to deliver what they are asking from him. And they are playing just scary, good football for about a month now, Mike, the number they're six and a half point favorites over Tennessee, according to our uh, bet rivers sportsbook app here over an eight and three team, the AFC East odds right now, bills to win it at minus one thirty four. Patriots to win it at plus 110. If you were to make a bet one way or the other, which way would you go on that? Um, I'm very impressed with New England. And so I, you and have, I, I still think Buffalo is very good, but I think the I think the Patriots might be on to something here. I would go New England there. Yeah, you're buying into your bogey team again, huh? Yeah, maybe that, maybe that can uh, break the spell. <laughs> uh, all right, well, let's do this. Uh, let's stick with the Steelers for now, and then we'll circle back and maybe kind of work our way through the calendar thursday through sunday night thursday through monday if you will uh just let's make sure while we're circling back we don't jerk ourselves off track because that would be bad (laughs) especially for this podcast and our purposes yes it would be (laughs) we don't want a knee-jerk reaction to circling back Let's let's start with the Steelers and the Bengals and, you know, maybe not dwell too much in the Chargers game. We talked a lot about that already and how it went down. But you know what, Mike, like part of the issue that was present for the Steelers against the Chargers is present against the Bengals. And and it was present against the Bengals before insofar as that the Steelers are very, very good at minimizing the impact of the number one target offensively for the opposing team. However, they have not been good at teams that have a good run-pass balance, especially at the start of the year. You could say that about the Raiders. You could say that about Aaron Jones and Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. You could say that about Burrow and Joe Mixon that presented itself against Cincinnati. They didn't have to deal with that for five weeks during their five-week unbeaten stretch, and then you saw how it manifested again on Sunday night against the Chargers when they have a pass game led by Herbert and then a running back in Eckler who can do damage catching the ball and running the ball. That Steelers defense, especially compromised as it is with injury, can't handle a run-pass split and balance offense, and they're going to see that again this week. You know, it's um, it's not looking like a great matchup. And you look at this Bengals team, it's been up and down uh, like everybody else in the AFC. And, and you look at the numbers, um, 15th in total defense, 14th in total offense, that's the you know NFL by yards mm-hmm. uh, statistical ranking. That doesn't really impress you, right? And then you look all of a sudden at scoring, and they're number nine scoring offense and number nine scoring defense. To me, that's a little bit more of an indicator uh, of what kind of team you have than the yards thing. And this Bengals team isn't real flashy, and they got some good young players and a few established guys. Jesse Bates is pretty good safety, and Tyler Boyd's a really good slot receiver, and uh, Larry Ogunjobi's a really good defensive tackle, but they don't have any 
uh, all pro kind of guys, guys that, that, to jump out at you, get a lot of attention. I think can... Bates is that. I, Bates okay. for me. Give you Bates, but not a flashy team. Can we agree there? A team that's playing very well together. Uh, I just got done watching them play the Raiders. Now, the Raiders are a mess. So, you know, kind of factor that in. And also, they became that a in. mess about two weeks later than we anticipated them yeah. becoming a mess. But it, but they did become a mess. Everything they've gone through is, is catching up to them. Uh, they're playing Thursday, by the way, in Dallas. Um, I think this Bengals team's really good. And here's what's fascinating to me about uh, watching that Raiders-Bengals game that I mentioned. It was close at halftime, and the Bengals had run the ball okay, but not great in the first half. And CBS was doing the game, and Ian Washburn was the sideline guy. And Evan, uh, Evan Washburn. Evan Washburn, yeah. I'm sorry. Ian Eagle, Evan Washburn. You know, they do the coach interview, uh, either going off the field or coming back on the field. And – uh, usually those are nothing interviews and not much is said. Well, Zach Taylor told Evan Washburn, we're going to keep running the ball and that dam is going to break. And it did. And they kept pounding, pounding, pounding. They, uh, they rushed it 16 times for 55 yards in the first half, 22 times for 104 yards in the second half. Tim, the Bengals ended up having the ball for 37 minutes and change. They just squeezed the life out of this Raiders game, and there was nothing spectacular about it. Very uh, fundamental football, but they just they were relentless, and they were committed to what they do, and they were persistent. And, you know, Burrow's pretty good, uh, getting better. Um, I don't know if the Steelers can stop the run right now. Forget about the pass. Yeah, they're at, uh, what was it, mixing at 130 by the end of that game? Yeah, a couple of touchdowns. There was one run. Um, uh, he was uh, running off tackle, and he had a great burst of speed and great acceleration. And Jamar Chase was trying to block a defensive back out on the perimeter, and the defensive back got a little push right as Mixon was approaching. And Mixon just blasted into Jamar Chase <laughs> like, like he was trying to run through him, which he did. And Chase ends up going ass over tea kettle. This yeah. guy doesn't care. If you get in his way, he's knocking you down. He's a very, very good running back. Uh, I don't think he gets nearly the credit that he deserves. And uh, watching the Steelers defend the run, um, you know, that was uh, a disappointing aspect of that Chargers game. Now, I know that the figures were quote-unquote inflated by Herbert, by Justin Herbert, although Herbert clearly saw that there would be opportunities that the Steelers would create lanes for him uh, with the way they rushed. The edge guys got too deep, and when they ran stunts inside, they didn't run them properly, and they were, they were opening the door for him. He was more than happy to take it. Burrow will do the same thing. Now, he won't get the down-the-field yards that Herbert got, but what Burrow does with his legs, and by the way, he looks – much more himself now than he did back in September. You know, he was still less than a year removed from the surgery back in September. He's feeling it again in terms of what he can do. He'll take a potential sack and turn it into a four-yard gain and make it second and six instead of second and 13. Uh, you know, he's not going to get 90 yards rushing, but he can do stuff. He can get out of the pocket. He can make plays out on the wing. Um, tough matchup uh, for the Steelers, I think, Tim. Chase is not in a hot stretch right now, six weeks ago, let's start looking at his game about six weeks ago. He had a three-game stretch where he looked like Randy Moss. The last three, he hasn't done much, but he is still a threat in the red zone. And the Steelers were hurt by him in the red zone, were hurt by Boyd in the red zone in the first game. Uh, I like the Bengals right now covering the four-and-a-half points. Uh, maybe the injection of all those Steeler defensive players comes back and changes things. 
Um, I would watch this line, Mike. I don't like where it is right now. Um, I think it would be it would behoove gamblers to see the spread grow if you're going to play for the Steelers. Maybe it starts to go in the other direction. We're taping this up a couple hours after Mike Tomlin's press conference where he intimated that a lot of those defensive guys would be returning. I haven't seen that affect the line. It's been four and a half pretty much since I noticed it go on the board. So I don't know if that'll that'll shrink the spread a little bit. If you want to get in on as, as a Bengal fan, uh, when it gets a little bit smaller, you might want to wait so they don't have to cover as many points. The total right now is at uh, 45 and a half. Do you like the over or the under in either direction there? Is that <laughs> Boy, kind of- you know, those numbers are right where they should be yeah. probably if uh, if you're the house. And uh, what I like, um, I, I like the Bengals to win the game. I'm not, you know. Money line at minus 200. You like that more than four and a half? Money line or, you know, if you find a money line parlay or tease it somehow. Uh, but I, th- I think the odd, I, I would say uh, the Bengals have about a 75% chance to win this game. The one thing that uh, gives me pause about the Steelers is um, the way they hung in there the other night. Now, I'm not one of these moral victory guys, particularly as it relates to the NFL. And I, I thought everybody in Steeler Nation was a little too warm and fuzzy after that loss. Because not only did they come all the way back to him, they actually had the lead yeah. with less than four minutes to play. If you blew that game, you'd be going nuts. But since you were 17 down, oh, it's okay. It wasn't that fun. You know, I'm not one of those guys. Don't don't get me wrong. But I do recognize their competitiveness and their stick to to borrow a Mike Sullivan phrase. And Roethlisberger, I thought, was really good. And that was he's the best all- game of the year. It's also the best game of the year for Claypool and Deontay Johnson too. Yeah, well, Claypool can can do better still. Um, but I Ross it was his was- best. I didn't say it was great. I thought it was yeah. his best. Okay, just want to make sure we're on the same page there because I'm still down on that guy. Uh, Roethlisberger was really good, and he's traditionally been really good in the division in Ohio. All that stuff. I know part of that's because the Browns and Bengals usually stink. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm 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 feeling at this particular juncture. Uh, that it's more likely Roethlisberger maybe take over for stretches of a game and do something really significant. Whereas at the start of the year, I thought that he was going to be more of a facilitator, manager, kind of, you know, just don't screw it up, get him in the right play, that kind of thing. But he was, I thought he was really good against the Chargers. I, yeah, I, I, and, uh, one thing I want to see how it plays out, Mike, because it was an odd uh, game flow in this regard, was I thought the pass protection was actually pretty good for Roethlisberger in that game until it wasn't right up till they needed it. Yeah. And then it was That's the other thing. Everybody just forget that, you know, all right, you give up the 53 yard dagger. There's still two Oh nine left. And you got to, I thought after I thought the Steelers scored too quick. I thought the chargers scored too quick. I certainly thought they were going to threaten to score. If, if, you know, maybe not quite get there or something. They just went backwards in ridiculous fashion. Uh, did Mike Tomlin say anything about Joe Haig today? Uh, I yeah, Joe's listen. played guard. That's why we put him there. He's got that versatility. Yeah. That's what attracts him. No, he, no, he doesn't. He does not. He, you can put him there. That don't make him a guard. Right. You can put me behind this microphone. It doesn't make me Haywood Hale Brune. Okay? <laughs> that guy can't play guard. That guy can't play tackle. That guy can't play. That was that was absurd. I know one of them was Bosa, but two in a row just, just destroyed the game uh, right at – at the critical juncture. You're preaching my language. And this is exactly what I wrote for the Pittsburgh Tribune Review this week. Th- that exact tone that you put out there, which was 
you know, I understand why people want to credit them for the job that they did to fight back and make a game of it. Valiant effort. They didn't have all their troops. And yes, all those things are true and they are to be commended for it. But I'm more willing to do that if they're seven and three and they become seven and four as a result of that game or something like that. I can't give them those benefit of the doubt points after they tied the Detroit Lions and are now sitting at five, four and one in a conference where everybody's at 500 or better. That matters. It's one thing to have said that and then they never got over the hump, but they did. It became a point where they blew a fourth quarter lead against the Chargers again. They rallied from a double digit deficit and they blew a fourth quarter lead in the same quarter. I would have been a little bit warmer and a little bit fuzzier if it's 27, 10 in the fourth quarter and you end up losing 34, 31 and you never actually had the lead. Yes, exactly. Then, then, Then I'm recognizing your, your resilience and your heart and your character and all that stuff. Uh, to do all that work and then blow it anyway. I mean, what was the point of that? Should have just lost 41 to 10. Well, it would have made things a lot easier for people who are playing the spread. That's for sure. Um, all right. When we come back, we, we've actually gotten pretty deep already. We talked about the Steelers. We got in some of the games, uh, some of the lines in the NFL, but we'll go through those more formally. When we come back, we kicked around Mike's more formally. Play, I like that. Mike's play of the year with the Buckeyes and Michigan Wolverines. We'll revisit that on the other side. We're about halfway through the Pittsburgh CityCast this week on a Wednesday in advance of the Thanksgiving weekend. We'll look at the Thanksgiving Day games next and then go into the rest of the NFL and college here in the Pittsburgh CityCast. Bet River Sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets. That's why players love the same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for. Combine two bets or combine many. You pick your confidence level and then watch the game unfold. Bet on same game parlays at BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app. Presented by Rivers Casino Pittsburgh. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. The VEASAN Mid-Season Football Special is here. Put the VEASAN betting experts to work for you from now through February for only $99. Daily best bet emails, 24-7 video streaming, betting splits for every sport, point spread weekly, plus in-depth data and analysis on VEASAN.com. Sign up today at VEASAN.com slash subscribe and get everything we have to offer for the rest of the football season for only $99. That's VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Back on the Pittsburgh CityCast, Mike Pursuit of Tim Benz. A rare time with you on a Wednesday with the two of us. Mike is usually on with us Friday or Saturday going into the NFL and college weekend. But uh, given the Thanksgiving Day circumstances and calendar, we've adjusted things and we'll start things off here. Now that we've talked about got to be light on our feet, Tim. That's right. Be nimble. We've got to be thoughtfully non-rhythmic. And most importantly, Thanksgiving is Thursday. And I got to go to the Penguins game Wednesday night and get loaded. So we're doing this on a Tuesday. Who do you like in that game, in the Penguins game? Do you like oh. the continuing dominance of our neighbors from the north? I'm sure you're I, happy with those results. I am impressed. Uh, Vancouver stinks, too, by the way. 11 to one, they outscored uh, yes. the, the three teams from Canada. And uh, third period was the best period uh, in Winnipeg. And the penalty kill is uh, impenetrable. And Tristan Jari's playing great. I know it doesn't matter until the playoffs. I'm not going to trust him until the playoffs. <laughs> How come we don't say that about Sydney one goal per series in the playoffs? 
because we choose our victims and we've chosen yeah. Tristan Jari. And for as much as we resented how Marc-Andre Fleury was treated by Canada, we're doing the same thing to Tristan Jari for a similar mistake. What are the Penguins fans going to complain about now if this keeps up? Well, they won't be complaining if they beat Vancouver by a goal and a half. That's a plus 125. <laughs> um, the money What's line the... is at 200. Oh, that's, that's yeah, actually that's... a pretty sweet money line, isn't it? Yeah, it's not great because it's regular season NHL. You know, these things, yeah. can change. these things can change at the drop of a puck, Tim. I like them both, though. The way the Penguins are playing, the way the Canucks are playing, too. Uh, the Pens right now are up to, let's see, right in the middle of the pack, gambling-wise, when it comes to the Metro division, they're plus 1,100. Carolina at plus 120, which I still think is a nice little positive money payout for a team that I'm pretty sure is going to win the division and have been all year. How about you? Yeah, uh, that's they have uh, really uh, made a statement here in the early going. All right, Thanksgiving Day games, Mike. Once you sober up and you take your winnings from Penguins over Canucks, what do you do with your winnings with Bears-Lions? That's the first game. Cowboys Raiders. It sure sounds to me like you're leaning Cowboys in the middle game. And then this is a hard one with the way these two teams have been playing bills and saints. Uh, as it stands right now, the bills are five and a half point favorites at night in new Orleans. The Cowboys are seven and a half point favorites at home against the Raiders and the lions are three point dogs at home against the bears. Uh, what is Justin Fields' status? Do we know for certain, or are we still trying to figure that out? If uh, if he's starting, I'm playing the Bears. Let, let's let's get big picture on this first of all, Mike. Do you play the Thanksgiving Day games because you have to because it's Thanksgiving? Because at least in the first game, these are two dog teams. I know you stay away from that oh, normally, and there are lots to, of yeah. questions. It's hard to figure out the two games, uh, the two teams that are playing in the game at night. Are you just going to load up on the middle game and go all in on the Cowboys or are you going to space it out over the course of the day? Well, that's the, the plan is the former, but you know, plans sometimes uh, go awry, uh, particularly when that Lions game rolls around. This is such a dog with fleas game. The Lions are so bad. I thought the bears were going to come out and make a little bit of a statement against the Ravens coming out of their bye, but they didn't have uh, Justin Fields for the entirety of the game. And there wasn't a whole lot happening while he was in there. Uh, not a big Andy Dalton fan. Um, I'm going to try to stay away from that game, bet the hell out of the Cowboys, and then maybe throw a little on Buffalo for uh, laughs and giggles. According to what Ian Rappaport has reported, um, Andy Dalton is expected to get the start uh, against the Lions. Uh, this is the tweet from Rappaport. Andy Dalton expected to start with the fields dealing with a rib injury. He spent the day undergoing further testing and the turnaround is too quick. So it could be Andy Dalton. I don't know how that affects what you're thinking. Part yeah, of me I mean, says it's, it's Thanksgiving. It's the lions. Everybody hates going there on Thanksgiving. This is the time where they're on center stage. They gut it up and they get the win. So bet Detroit. That's what it's happened before. I mean, they've, they have risen up a time or two on Thanksgiving. That's a big deal out there. Um, by but the way, really, but they're really bad. I they're mean, really they're, bad. But, and that's what ticks me off even more about this tie that the Steelers endured against them. Mike, you look at what the Browns and the Ravens did against the Lions. They were dog crap against the Lions, the both of them, and they still managed to get ugly wins. The Steelers they won the, the games. Yeah, they won the games. You know, it's the whole Charger thing. I don't care how many uh, yards Ju Justin Herbert would have run for. I don't care uh, how far behind you were. If you win the game, 
It's not that big a deal. You know, they blew a lead late against Seattle. They won the game in overtime. Not that big a deal. They blew a lead late against the Bears. Came back, won it anyway. Not that big a deal. It's, you know, the NFL is a WL uh, <laughs> proposition. That's what really matters. Um, you know, if that was uh, uh, your alma mater playing your rival school and you at least made them sweat like that, you'd be upset, but you'd feel, okay, we'll get them next year. Eh, this isn't that kind of thing. You needed to get them when you played them now and they didn't do it in either case. And that's why they, they've kind of painted themselves into a little bit of a corner here. I think for the Steelers, these next two division games are essential. You know what I think I'm going to do, Mike? I think I'm going to play a teaser and tease the Lions at six points to get nine. When you say and- tease the Lions, be like, you haven't won a game yet. <laughs> you haven't won a game. <laughs> you could only tie Mason Rudolph. You could only tie Mason Rudolph. <laughs> I'll tease them up on six with the Cowboys and get the Cowboys down to a point and a half and get the Lions up to nine. What do you so think? You're going to bet on Detroit. Yes. You're, you're going to count on Detroit. No, I'm going to count on the Bears. I'm going to count on the Bears <laughs> being unable to beat the Lions by nine points. That's what I'm counting on. Well, you know, it is a division game and it is Thanksgiving Day <laughs> and all that. And I'm going to leave the night game alone. I have no idea what I'm watching with these two teams. None. No None. idea what I'm watching with Saints and Bills. Can't figure Maybe. them out. The only thing that, you know, I mean, it's still Jameis Winston, right? Or, or I'm sorry, uh, Trevor Simeon? Yes, yeah. Um, Trevor Simeon against a Buffalo team that's got to be ticked off, you would think, right? Yeah, uh, I, I mean, think so. Uh, you would think the Bills are going to come out and play as well as they've played all year. But, but I, I would rather make that decision after having won a pile of money on the Cowboys. And you're just going with the Cowboys minus seven and a half. Yeah, I think the Raiders are are really a mess. They just, um, you know, it's been a difficult year to say the least. Uh, everything they've gone through and watching them play against the Bengals, um, they're not catching the ball particularly well. Uh, they're not. They didn't have the ball twenty two minutes and and a few seconds. Um, they're they're really scuffling. I thought they looked great early in the year, but it's gotten away from them. And I don't know that you'd go on a short week on the road on Thanksgiving and get it back. I was on a Syracuse. Cowboys ought to be a little pissed off too, right? They sh- well, they should be based on the way that how that game went against Kansas City. I, I was yeah. on a Syracuse station earlier today, and they asked me, who's better right now, the Steelers or the Bills? I said, shouldn't you be asking who's worse uh, with the way things have gone between those two teams since week one? Because the mm-hmm. Bills look like they figured out who they were. The Steelers the high point of their season was playing Buffalo in week one. And from there, it's been winding and meandering Um, right now. I think the bills make the playoffs. I don't think the Steelers do before we get back into the games, Mike, now we've tackled Thanksgiving here Uh, real quick. If you look at the, let me see if I can bring this up here. Cause I want to see if the lines have shifted at all since I uh, wrote it this morning. But if you look at the uh, lines for the AFC North, the Ravens are still the favorite to win. And then after that, it's the Bengals, the Browns, the Steelers. And I'm not necessarily surprised at the order, but the Ravens right now are minus 167 to win the North. The Bengals at plus 400. The Browns at plus 500. And then the Steelers at plus 1,100. Like, I, I just, I, I don't get the gap that much between the two Ohio teams and the Steelers. And I get the Ravens at 167. I don't know if it's 167 to 400 with the Bengals, though, to be honest with you. I kind of like the Browns. Still, really? Yeah, I, I I think they're better than they've shown us, and they you know it hasn't been a disaster. Um, and I think the Ravens. The more I see the Ravens, I you know I, I might end up eating these words, Tim. Like 
Thanksgiving leftovers, but this year's Ravens look a lot like last year's Steelers to me. I think there are uh, living on borrowed time. I think there uh, is some smoke and there are some mirrors associated with what Baltimore's done to this point. The only question is, uh, do they start coming back to earth in time, not to win the division? But you remember the Steelers got off to such a big lead. uh, It it almost didn't matter what they did down the stretch. And uh, you know, the Ravens don't have that kind of separation or cushion. Um, We'll see. That's why they play the games. Uh, so do you like for Sunday night Browns plus four and a half against the Ravens then? I probably should based on what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not? It's a division right. game. Yeah. What the, I mean, I'm not in love with it, but uh, I don't love it like I love the Cowboys. But uh, I, I something about that Cleveland team I really like. I have all year. I thought they were going to win a division at the start of the year. And uh, I know it hasn't exactly been smooth sailing, but – it hasn't been for anybody, and uh, through all of their ups and downs, they're still right in it like everybody else, so we'll see where it goes from here. That Ravens schedule gets profoundly different here, uh, starting with this Cleveland game. The highlight game on Sunday to me is the Rams versus the Packers, and right now Green Bay is a one-point favorite at home against L.A. I like the Packers there. What about you? I like over 48 as long as it doesn't snow nine feet. Mm-hmm. You think the Rams are all right when that kind of cold to get their share? Of yeah, I just, although I'm a little bit, I'm not as high on the Rams as I was, say, three weeks ago. But I still think they're very, very good. And I think Aaron Rodgers does what he does. Um, that was a, a layup Sunday, the uh, Vikings Packers uh, going over. And, uh, you know, better conditions probably in Minnesota, but as long as the tundra isn't frozen, I think those two teams can combine for 49 points. Speaking of the Vikings, I like the Vikings getting three going to San Francisco. Do you? I'm starting to really like the Vikings. Um, I'm starting to hate going to Thursday night football against the Vikings. If you're the Steelers coming off a game against Baltimore, I I think that's going to be problematic for the local squad as well. Um, I like that Vikings team a lot. I don't know how they've lost as many as they have already, to be honest with you. So you're going plus three with Minnesota and San Francisco then, like me? Why not? I hate Jimmy G. <laughs> um, there's a lot. This is the first time, Mike, in a long time that we haven't had a game with a double-digit spread. The biggest spread so far that we've talked about, and actually on the board right now, Raiders-Cowboys, as we've discussed, and you're all about the Cowboys there. Um Let's get to the most intriguing game, I think, in the 1 o'clock window, and that's Titans and Patriots. You talked about the Patriots to a great extent earlier. Do you like them by 6.5 against the Titans? That still, for whatever reason, feels like too big of a number for me. It's a pretty big number. Uh, This is another, uh, you know, money line parlay possibility. Um, I I don't know uh, that the Patriots are going to beat everybody by 25 like they beat Atlanta. Uh, I don't know how dynamic they are, but uh, they're hard to play against. And uh, Tennessee, as as we've already mentioned, I think is uh, ready to take a dive. Uh, Six and a half is a lot, but uh, that's not one of those. I think we're almost at the part of the year. I'm curious if you agree or not, but usually these lines are pretty good at the start, and then they become 
spot on as the thing goes on, right? I mean, it gets tougher, doesn't it? Well, not? obviously, I mean, they've missed a lot of the big money lines because the huge underdogs keep winning, let alone covering. Yeah. But, but I guess, you know, from a Vegas point of view, you're, you're sucking money in on the favorites, right? So they're happy. Yeah, except favorites aren't winning a lot, uh, but they don't seem like that one. That one gives me pause, but I like, I like New England the under there at 44 and a half. I like New England to win the game. So you got to figure out how to, to make that work somehow. Anything else you like? I don't like too many of these other games. You like the Chargers only needing three in Denver. Tim, I like the Ohio State University and <laughs> Dallas. All right, those are the big plays. Little warning here for people, though. It's a long weekend. I know your gambling weekend gets stretched out when you get to Thanksgiving, right? Well, don't wait until Monday to make a rally and make a push because I don't know if anybody out there wants to get back their Thanksgiving losings by getting to Monday Night Football and seeing Seahawks and Washington Ugh, oh. for Monday night. Right now, the Seahawks even, are a one-point favorite going to Washington. Blech, what a game. I don't, I don't even want to watch that because, of, like, the, the color combinations are just <laughs> awful. I mean, that's, uh, you don't have to worry about that, right? Because uh, I'm colorblind? Yeah. Yeah, yeah for folks who are just listening to this, uh, oftentimes when Mike and I would do the Robert Morris games, when that was still a thing for hockey, and we'd see an opposing They used team. to have a hockey team. Yes, they did. And hopefully they will again. We'll see. But uh, I would always check with Mike as we would open up the games and do the, sort of the Kevin Harlan color description of the uniforms yeah. to very extent, a very great extent, great detail. Mercyhurst in there, green, blue, and white like the old Hartford Whalers. Right. How do you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'd say to Mike, am I right on that? Do I have that? Is that purple or is that black? Yeah, I would. Hey, uh, I struggle. A couple other Big Ten games I want to get to since yeah, I've been doing this all year. Here. Um, Iowa's minus one and a half at Nebraska. Now, Nebraska has been losing all year, but covering more often than not. Nebraska's going to lose again. Uh, one and a half, uh, might as well be pick them, uh, like those Hawkeyes there. Uh, I'm trying to find, I believe my alma mater is a one-point underdog against uh, Penn State. I think Michigan State is still a good team. Uh, everybody is rewriting history after that uh, boat race against uh, Ohio State, but I think uh, the Spartans bounced back nicely uh, at home uh, and put the caps on what uh, could be a 10-win season. Uh, Purdue is minus 15 against Indiana. That's a traditional rivalry game. It's at Purdue. Indiana, Sparty getting one and a half, by the way, according to Bet Rivers. Uh, Indiana is out of gas. It's like the Indy 500, and everybody else is going 1,000 miles an hour around the track. And the Hoosiers car has run out of gas and it's just coughing and wheezing and choking and slowing down the further that it goes. Uh, I think Indiana is going to get uh, smacked around pretty good. But all those pale in comparison to the Ohio State University curb stomping the team up north. I'll give you another analogy, Mike, that you just drew there to a team wheezing and gagging and coughing and coming down the stretch. And it is my alma mater, and that's Syracuse. Uh, they are no longer, no longer a cover machine. No longer the cover machine at either sport, to be honest with you. Although, uh, if you're going to give up 100 points to Colgate, maybe your defense is bad enough that that's a red flag for everybody to go over on orange basketball games this year. If the defense, the 2-3 is going to be like that, uh, bet on the other team and bet the over. But right now for football, they are a 13-point dog at home against Pitt. And I know a lot of people are saying, well, this is a typical Pitt game where they stub their toe and they get in the way of their own momentum. True, it is. That's exactly how it lays out. I know a lot of people are saying that 
they're going to go up to the carrier dome and no students are going to be there. It's going to be a blase atmosphere and they're not going to care. And uh, they've got something else to play for. And it's not this game and they're not going to bust out anything fancy. And Narduzzi may even rest guys. And he's saying they're not. Um, I don't think that they will. I think they're chasing this 10 win thing. Like it really matters because it hasn't happened in the regular season since Marino was here. Well, it does, right? And it, it, it should. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're chasing the same thing. I don't, uh, Michigan State hasn't won ten games since 2015. I think that's a big deal. Uh, I hope I hope they get it Saturday. So they play Syracuse, could- and I hate the matchup from Syracuse's point of view because how do you beat Pitt, Mike? What do you do to beat Pitt? Well, you got to score some points. How? And how, gotta, how do you score those points? Um, you got to turn the ball over. And uh, you got to be able to throw it, right? Ah, there it is. There, ding, ding, ding. You got to okay, have a quarterback who throws the ball and runs the RPO by way of passing it and taking the P and RPO. Take the pass. They don't have that. Syracuse doesn't throw the ball well. They have a great running back in Tucker. He's fantastic. They're the best rushing team in the ACC. Pitt is the best rush defense in the ACC. Syracuse is the worst passing team. Pitt is the worst pass, one of the worst pass defenses in the ACC. Uh, things just line up so that Syracuse's strength is what Pitt's strength is on defense. Syracuse cannot exploit Pitt, Pitt's weakness on defense. And Kenny Pickett and the Pitt offense is just better than the Syracuse defense in every way, shape, and form. So I think Pitt can cover against Syracuse in the Carrier Dome at minus 13. Yeah, I like your logic there, and I also like that the game's in the Carrier Dome, which takes the weather out of it. And, you know, Pitt's quarterback and Pitt's receiver and Pitt's running back still have a lot to play for statistically. And uh, I don't know. I just got a little different vibe with Pitt. I was listening to uh, Kenny Pickett talk after the Virginia game on Saturday and comparing the much-coveted ACC Coastal Division Championship with the one they won in 2018 and – Pickett talked about how this time the ending can be different, and uh, maybe it will. Uh, they got the championship coming up. Uh, they want to keep the pedal down, I would assume. Uh, maybe this is one of those games. You know, the other thing about Pitt's defense. The, the other, hold on, Mike. The other side, three teams can still win it, right? Wake, North Carolina. On the other side, yes. Yeah. Those three are still alive, yes? Yes. I would uh, actually find it more intriguing if Clemson got back there. Oh, if I'm Pitt, I would want Clemson to get back there. I, uh, I, I want to see that again. I think I think Wake is fake, and I don't really care about NC State. If I'm Pitt, I know Clemson hasn't had a Clemson year, so to sort of speak, as Bill Cowher might say. But Clemson's still a name. Clemson's still a brand. Uh, plus, you get to stick it to Dabo again. That's a lot of fun. I think I the think. most fun game would be a rematch against Clemson. Yeah, but I Pitt has given up passing yards, but also if you end up playing from behind against Pitt, and they know you're going to pass. Uh, that pass rush is pretty good. And, uh, you know, the three things about Pitt intrigue me. Pickett, the big play capability, and the way Pitt gets after quarterbacks. And uh, I, I think Pitt's going to be motivated in this game. Yeah, I think 13, that's a, little, that's a little low. I'm with you. Anything else, Mike, that grabs you right now? I think Ohio State's going to curb stomp Michigan. All right, so that's it. The big. I think play. I'm going to dot the I in Ohio on the way to the bank. <laughs> All right, so I think I'm going to make a donation to the University of Michigan football and and put a little note on it that says, thanks for getting curb stomped by the Ohio State (laughs) University. 
We'll recap this next week. We'll be back with our later in the week date, usually Friday, Saturday. That was Mike. a little bias coming out there. That that's, was that's really, okay. That's that was really understandable. hardcore statistical analysis. That was I know of... all about turning at this stage of the game. You start rooting against your rivals more than you start rooting for your team. If your team is like mine and is out of it, usually by mid-October. So that's yeah. that's the direction to go. All right, uh, Pittsburgh CityCast coming back at you a couple more times before the uh, Sunday games featuring the Steelers at 1 o'clock. Listen to Mike and I on the DV pregame show, too, by the way, for Bengals Steelers. I'll be on at 9 a.m. Mike will be on at 11 a.m. Unless he hang takes all his money. Hang on, Sloopy. Sloopy, hang on. He's winning oh, the Ohio State game. H. Opposite uh, jet to the Virgin Islands oh, or something he's never heard from again. Hang on, Sloopy. Sloopy, hang on. Oh, Oh. Bet River Sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets. That's why players love the same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for. Combine two bets or combine many. You pick your confidence level and then watch the game unfold. Bet on same game parlays at BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app. Presented by Rivers Casino Pittsburgh. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.